This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com and more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. Um, you can also support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer and you follow us on Letterboxd at uh, ObsessiveViewer, ObsessiveTiny, and I am Mike White. Um, but I am Matt Hurt. So hi guys. This is a first episode of a special series of episodes, uh, covering Heartland Film Festival. Heartland is in its 28th year here in Indianapolis. Um, we've covered Heartland for about four years now. And it, it just in those four years, uh, technically five because we took 2017 off. Um, but in the last five years, Heartland's grown. It's, it's just a huge, part of Indianapolis now and it's it's so great. I'm so happy to be able to cover it um as as much as I can every year. It's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast and running obsessiveviewer.com is like I love the fact that I get to kind of uh pretend to be a professional critic um uh once a year. So I'm very happy with with the film festival so far. Right now I'm recording this little intro segment on Wednesday, uh, October 16th, uh, late at night. I'm going to pay for this tomorrow, but, um, but it's fine because I need to get this episode out because I've been sitting on these recordings and I really want you guys to hear them. And, uh, I want to start the audio coverage of, of, of Heartland Film Festival as quickly as I can. So anyway, um, basically what I'm doing here is I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about Heartland and then I'm going to introduce each segment. So I have a bunch of recordings, from a couple of red carpets, um, and, uh, really just a few red carpets. Um, and I have a, a review of a movie that I'm kind of, kind of do. So if you guys have been listening for a while, you'll remember last year when we covered Heartland, kind of, kind of, um, spur of the moment thing. We basically just, um, we released four podcast episodes that had a bunch of recordings of, uh, interviews with filmmakers throughout the festival. And then also each episode had a primary review or a featured review of a movie playing at Heartland. So um, this year we're doing something kind of similar. Um, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here. So I, I did get, um, I'm, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I did get press passes for me, Kirsten, Tiny, Feckus, and Ben, who's been contributing to the website lately. Um, but they all have lives. <laughs> So, uh, Ben has been, Ben has been posting some really great reviews on the website and everything from like uh, reviewing a Heartland film. So that's, that's great. So what I kind of wanted to do was have like an episode, have another four episode run of Heartland episodes with each episode being having the featured review be me and one of the other, uh, hosts essentially covering it. But logistically, I can't really get that worked out and everything. Um, but I'm still going to kind of run with that whole featured review kind of thing. So basically 
we're going to have four episodes. This first one is a review of the Indiana filmed, uh, depression era thriller Whelm, um, which I reviewed, um, a few days ago on, uh, the website. And also, yeah, and it'll also have red carpet event, uh, interviews with filmmakers and special guests of the, of the film festival. I'll introduce each set of recordings from each red, uh, red carpet. Uh, check the show notes because I'm going to hopefully be able to put, um, you know, links to everything and, and denote each interview and everything. Cause I did interview Brendan Fraser. Um, so that's, that's going to be kind of somewhere deep in the episode. So you can find that in the show notes. So anyway, before I get to the review of Whelm, I just want to mention that, uh, we've been really kind of working hard to provide coverage of Heartland this year. Um, so last year, uh, let me take you guys back. So back in, I think it was 2015 when we started covering, yeah, it was definitely 2015. The first time we got press passes to Heartland, um, I had a job where I just sat at a desk all day and I just wrote reviews. I basically, I, I left work, went to the theater the next day. Uh, I would, I would see like one or two movies and then I'd spend, I'd see like three or four movies each day of the weekend, both weekends. And basically I would just write reviews, uh, at my desk at work because I had nothing better to do as a security guard that had no responsibilities. Um, so I just wrote reviews and then when I got home, I'd prep them and then post them on the website and it was great. I think I, I ended up seeing 22 movies and I don't know how many reviews I wrote, but anyway, that was a banner year. Also, not to brag, but, um, uh, this, like this episode of this uh, this current episode covering Heartland 2019 has recordings from the red carpet. Uh, I was actually on the very first red carpets that Heartland ever had back in 2015 for coming through the rye. So yeah, uh, so not to brag or anything, and that's where I interviewed Alex Wolf, who went on to be in Hereditary and a bunch of cool stuff. So anyway, um. Okay, this is getting away from me. So this year, um, since I, since, since I became a member of the Indiana Film Journalist Association earlier this year, um, and also because I haven't been writing jack shit on the website <laughs> in, in terms of reviews, um, I've been really working hard to get as many written reviews posted on the website. Um, from Heartland, uh, just because I, I love it. It's great. I, I love every second of it. So, um, I've been doing that. Currently, I think there are eight reviews, seven reviews written by me of various movies from the film festival and three reviews written by Ben, um, who's doing a great job. So check that out at obsessiveviewer.com. And, uh, yeah. So, in addition to that, I have these press events that I'm going to, and I'm doing these interviews and getting recordings and everything to compile for the podcast. And then also on top of all of that, if you are a patron on Patreon of us at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer, and if you pledge $5 or more each day that I go to the film festival, I end the day by recording a ridiculous 12 to, I think last night's was 22 minutes. Um, uh, just kind of 
vlog recapping my experience of the day. So if you're a patron, you get access to that. If you, if you pledge $5 or more, um, yeah. So check that out if you can, or if you want. Um, and yeah, we actually did just get, uh, a bump on Patreon. So, uh, Aaron, uh, upped his, uh, Patreon, uh, support to $10 a month. And he also, uh, very kindly donated a little bit of money to us as well. So thank you so much, Aaron. Um, and thank you guys just for listening, everything. Um, just this is, these episodes, when I, when I do these Heartland episodes and when I write reviews for Heartland, when I cover Heartland, like it means a lot to me just because this is a hobby through and through. Like this is just something I do in my free time and everything. And like I make jokes that like, okay, yeah, I can cover a film festival and pretend I'm a real critic and everything. And I guess being in the IFJ kind of gives me a little bit of credence there. <laughs> um, but I just, I love it. Like this is, I feel like, when I'm really working hard to, to provide coverage for Heartland and other film festivals and everything, I kind of feel like that's, I'm almost in my element a little bit. Like I, and it's, I'm very clearly like pushing myself, uh, to provide, um, you know, passable coverage. So, uh, so your guys' support means the world to me. And I, I really appreciate it as you guys let me, uh, uh, indulge me for several episodes of, uh, podcast covering, uh, film festival films that you may not be able to see for a very long time, if ever. So thank you. And, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and go into the meat of the episode. So if this is your first time listening and, uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Also like add obsessive viewer on Twitter, um, also like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. Um, that's if you haven't already, or if you're just kind of, uh, finding us because of the film festival, like give us a like and, and follow me on Twitter. It would be really great. Um, yeah. So, so as I said, this episode has a featured review of the film Whelm, which had its premiere screening on Sunday, last Sunday, the 13th. Um, at the, at Newfields. And, uh, yeah, so I, I recorded this review, um, in the car, like Sunday more afternoon, I think, or Saturday afternoon, uh, with the intention of releasing it before the premiere. But I've, I like, I've been burning the candle at both ends. I've been so exhausted. So I didn't get a chance to post it until now. But, so basically I will make mention of things that like are coming up today or anything, but like that's last Sunday. It's, it's gone. You guys missed it. Um, so I will say that if you're listening to this by the time that I hopefully re- release it, um, Whelm is screening again at Castleton on Thursday, the 17th. I'm not sure what time, but check, uh, out heartlandfilm.org slash festival and you'll have all the information there. So, Without further ado, here's my my uh, car recording of my review of Whelm from the 28th Heartland Film Festival here in Indianapolis. Enjoy. Film Festival. Okay, so I'm going to start off with just a uh, plot description courtesy of the guidebook and uh, some background on it and everything. Um, and then I'm going to play a bit from the trailer and then I'll go into a review. Now I'm going to do a non-spoiler review um, just because it's, it's, it's at 
it's having its literally world premiere in um, about 24 hours. So I'm going to go ahead and keep it spoiler free. Okay, so Whelm uh, is a narrative feature that is premiering tomorrow night at Heartland Film Festival on Sunday, October 13th at 7.15 p.m. Um, it's going to be the world premiere of it. Also, if you're listening to this within, like, hopefully within, you know, 12 hours of, of it dropping, uh, the filmmaker uh, Skylar Lawson is going to be doing a uh, panel at Indie Fil- uh, at uh, Heartland Film Festival um, at Castleton in their Francis Ford Coppola Lounge. That is going to be at 1 p.m., and he's just going to be talking about making the an Indiana epic on film. So without further ado, Whelm is a narrative feature. As I said, it is uh, here's a plot summary courtesy of the Heartland Guidebook. Here we go. Um, Whelm is a thriller set deep in the Great Depression where two estranged brothers get tangled in a rivalry between a legendary bank robber and an eccentric young criminal. Through a bizarre series of occurrences, they find they are both they are part of a larger historic scheme. Um, so yeah, so this plays Sunday, October 13th at the Toby at Newfields, and then again on Thursday, the 17th at 7.10pm at AMC Castleton Square. Um, and before I get into my review, here's a short clip from the trailer for Whelm. Three steps ahead. That was his way. Alexander Alexei, spelled K-S-Y. What kind of name is Alexei? So, Whelm is a pretty um, fascinating um, experience to watch at a film festival. Um like the panel that Skylar Lawson's going to be on tomorrow is, I mean, it's, it's right. This is a, this is a, this is an epic film. Um, he directed it and wrote it and, uh, they shot it with, they shot it in 14 days. Uh, 100% of it is shot in Wabash, Indiana. He's from Wabash, Indiana, and they filmed it there. Um, what I'm so impressed by is that the fact that it's a, it's a period piece. It's set during the great depression. It's a thriller and like they don't skimp on anything like visually it's beautiful it is it is a gorgeous movie and it is like i i talked on the red carpet to the filmmaker that um it just seems like like this is his his theatrical debut for a feature and like i'm just kind of dumbfounded by that because this is a this is a film that it's a it's a thriller, so there's there's obviously a propulsion of drama and and uh, thrills and everything and tension that you have to contend with with creating it and everything. In addition to that, it is a period piece, which is which makes it a daunting task for any filmmaker, um, especially on the independent side, because I mean that's that is making it like all the more difficult to make just from costuming designing and and just uh histor like uh um like like keeping it it like keep it in keeping it in within historical context and keeping it um visually like appealing and bringing the audience into just the great depression era that it's depicting like 
it just seems like the, like uh, like they were just setting themselves up with so many challenges, and that's that's so admirable to uh, in my eyes. And in addition to that, it's a thriller. There's some violence in it, so there's like makeup effects and and uh, things that have to be that have to be uh, done on on that end as well. Also, there's some historical things about it that that need to be um, attended to during the filming. Also, on top of all of that, this this film was shot on film. Like it was actually shot on film on 16 millimeter film, which I'm sure has a like there is. Uh, like the kind of digital revolution of filmmaking and everything, like everything being digital now is like, my understanding is that it's kind of a godsend to film filmmakers and everything because it's just immediate. There's no shortage of film or anything like that. But uh, for them to make this film well on film independently, um, 100% in Indiana period piece, violence, everything is just so astounding to me. So it's, it's a really just aside from the actual like making of the or the actual quality of the film itself which spoiler alert i really liked um it's aside from that this is a very um impressive film just in general so um yeah so i i will say that again it is filmed in wabash indiana and that's another kind of feather in its cap not just because it's in indiana but because you don't see wabash indiana anywhere else like this is a really beautifully look a beautiful looking film because the the locations the exteriors everything is just so unlike really anything that you see like on the mainstream or anything and i do want to say so i'll go into my actual review because i'm kind of dancing around it and stuff so whelm is as the plot description says it's about two brothers who kind of become entangled in this uh in this rivalry between a uh, a legendary bank robber of almost mythic proportions and an eccentric young criminal. So the film stars um, Francesca Anderson as Edie, Grant Schumacher as Jimmy, and Dalil Barron as Alexander Alex- Alexi. Um, uh, he is astounding in this movie <laughs> um really everyone everyone does a really great job but as alexander Alex, uh, alexi baron is just like on another level he has this energy to him that is like he's he's got this intensity and but this quirkiness to him I, I, i'll walk that back not really quirkiness because I feel like that could carry some connotations because he's a very imposing kind of threatening kind of figure from that opening scene there's an opening the opening scene is him uh with a cart with a block of ice on it and he is talking to the owner of an inn and it's just the like it's a great opening scene because we we know that alexi is kind of up to some kind of nefarious illegal kind of thing we don't know what it is whereas jonas is kind of being polite as a, as a, as an innkeeper and everything. But the tension just starts off with like the score, which was, um, co-composed by the filmmaker, Skylar Lawson. Um, it is so in, (laughs) no pun intended. I promise. It's so instrumental to the tension in this movie. (laughs) The score is astounding. It has this Hans Zimmer, Dark Knight, uh, Dunkirk kind of thing. Did he do the, 
the thing for Dunkirk, the score for Dunkirk. I don't know. It has that kind of propulsion, propulsion to it, especially the Dark Knight, because it feels like, like especially in that opening scene, the there's like a single um, key that's struck, or a single um, I don't know the what the word is. Um, the, a certain oh wow, this is why I don't uh, know enough about music. There's like a certain like tone. Um, Jesus. Uh, no, there, it's just a single, like, note. Note, that's a word. Okay, there we go. Okay, I'm back. So, <laughs> there's, like, a single note that's, it sounds like there's a single note that's, that's hint, that's hit, and then it just, it just lives in, in that moment. The score, and then it, it just increases, um, in volume and kind of intensity as the scene progresses, and you know that, like, oh, okay, this, this innkeeper's in some serious danger. Um, and Alexander Alexi is not a, like, he's, he's a character who is up to some, um, uh, shenanigans, I guess, or crime. Um, and it's just, it's just a really well-constructed, uh, scene. Now, the movie is kind of segmented in, in, segmented into, uh, 13 chapters that each chapter kind of appears on screen and has its own title. I really liked that just because the titles are, are kind of cool and, um, it's it's apt for this story because probably I, I will say that there's a lot to love about Whelm, but maybe the thing that I enjoyed most about it and really uh, took to was the storytelling because this is it's not it's not an easy it's not an easy movie to to grasp um, as the as the narration um says at the beginning, like, uh, pay mind to the details of the story. And it's a movie that rewards you to pay attention if you pay attention to the details of what's going on and everything. So, um, just from a storytelling thing, like you kind of get the sense that you are in the, the filmmaker's like hand as he's guiding you through the story. Things will come up, things will come out uh, into the open and everything as the film progresses, but it is such a rewarding experience because it's not like a whodunit even. It's just like you're getting pieces of the story that are that are painting this broader picture of what's happening and, and what's going on, and it's just so confident. Like, that's that's the thing that struck me most about the film overall is just the confidence of it. The way that everything kind of comes together and everything is pieced together is just really well done. And also the cinematography. The cinematographer on this film was... Uh, I'm looking it up now... Uh, Ed Herrera. And this is a gorgeous movie. Um, there are shots of like the sunset and just establishing shots of like, um, forest and, and, uh, uh, foliage basically that are just awe inspiring. And it's so, so great. And there's a lot of, influence obviously in this film like it it is very evocative of paul thomas anderson especially with like there will be blood and there's a lot of uh very clear like inspiration drawn from it from uh from uh the assassination of uh jesse james by the coward robert ford just visually it looks very evocative of those things and it's not something that something i really respect about it is that it's not like it's imitating it it's more homage and more caring and and more suitable to the story as well like you can have like 
shots and scenes that are lit similar to like a P.T. Anderson movie. And like, that's fine. That's cool. Like, cause P.T. Anderson's amazing and has such a, such a distinct visual style. But if it doesn't fit with your film, then I mean, you're just kind of cribbing from, uh, cribbing from, from genius really. But what Whelm does is it, it uses that as a, as, as part of its narrative structure. Like it doesn't feel like it's an, like I said, it doesn't feel like it's an imitation. It just feels like it's, it's appropriate for it. And it feels like it, it's just, it's just shines so well <laughs> throughout it. Um, also it just, it looks great. Just being shot on film, it looks beautiful. Um, I saw a screener of it and I kind of really want to see it in the theater because I'm sure it's going to look incredible projected on a, on a uh, large screen. I might actually do that Thursday. I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to check my schedule. So, um, performances are great. Uh, Jimmy, played by Grant Schumacher, is particularly awesome as well. Um, his performance, like his character, is a uh, like I said in the in the description or in, in my kind of bumbling. Um, beginning part here in this episode. Um, he, his character, Jimmy is kind of this mythic bank robber, kind of legendary kind of bank robber that is presented in kind of mythic proportions. And that's really great. Um, and it comes through really well with his performance. Like he's very kind of in contrast to Baron's performance as, as Alexander Alex, Alexi, uh, Alexi <laughs> is that he's this kind of, well, they're both kind of calm and, and, and clear headed, but they each have moments throughout the film where they are kind of at their wits end. They have like these outbursts and everything. And when Jimmy has it, like it's imposing, like the plot has him like racing to get, to get money and everything. Cause his money has been taken essentially. So there's a moment where he's confronting another character about it. And like, he's just like, he's intimidating, but also you get the sense of just how like screwed up his situation is. So it's a very interesting kind of line to toe, uh, for it because he is, he is this kind of mythic kind of person within the confines of the film. And it's just, it's, it's kind of like, it's just a really great kind of acting exercise, really, I'm sure, because he has this kind of tone to him. But then, like, there's there are moments where he's where he's kind of talking to someone and it's it's like there's just that undercurrent of like danger and, and suspense. That's just it's really it comes through really well. So um, the film has some twists and turns. The plot has has a lot of rewarding um surprises throughout it which i won't spoil here but like i said this is a this is a very confident and clever storyteller that is guiding us through this through this film and i'm really excited to see what what skylar lawson and the rest of the people involved with this do because um this was a really impressive film like it was it was really impressive and really rewarding and it's something that i uh, really enjoyed quite a bit. Um, I will say it was a little bit hard to grasp, um, through, throughout it, but also that's, uh, why you need to pay attention to the details of the story. Um, and frankly, uh, like the, I've seen it a couple times at this point and I, I wasn't paying close enough attention. Um, but I watched it properly and it just, it's, it's really, it really stands out. And also just, the again the, <laughs> the balls of it like it is it is an epic it is an a, a uh 
it is a historical epic essentially and it's a thriller and it has like like this this gravitas to it and this scope to it that is heretofore unseen in like film festivals that i've uh, that i've gone to like it's just really impressive just the magnitude of it and and in and in talking to uh, the filmmaker here at the festival, like he, I can't remember if this was recorded or if uh, if this was just in our conversation at the after party, but he said that, like the, this type of film needs to be kind of resurrected of sorts because it's something you don't see in mainstream in the mainstream anymore because we are so like Hollywood is so involved with f- big budget like blockbuster franchises and everything and the kind of American epic film has kind of disappeared. And so the fact that they created this and and have it on the festival circuit and everything is really admirable and they created it independently is that's even more insane. So um, that's a kind of brief review of Whelm. Um, I'm going to have a written review on the website soon. Um, I should probably go inside. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's my review of Whelm. Check it out at Heartland. It's premiering Sunday, October 13th at 7.15 p.m. at the Toby here at Newfields, and it will play again at Castleton Square on Thursday, October 17th at 7.10 p.m. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to probably do um, another recording, so I'm going to splice it into here of talking about some of the films I've seen, maybe, I don't know, um, and then uh, go to the recordings from the red carpets. But uh, yeah, it'll be instantaneous for you, but it'll be a little while for me. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time. Okay, so now we're going to go into the first of a few red carpet um, interview chunks. So this first section is from the opening night film uh, screening red carpet, um, where I interviewed a bunch of people that were there for from uh, for the festival. A lot of them were special guests of the festival, so um, I think the intention was to just kind of talk about the festival and everything, but I kind of got in, into the weeds a little bit. It was it was overwhelming, but a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, so without further ado, I do introduce everyone in, in the, each individual recording. I'll try my best to have thorough, uh, links in the show notes and everything, but here are my recordings from the first red carpet event on the opening night of Heartland Film Festival, which was Thursday, October 10th, I think was the date. Um, uh, Sure, yeah, uh, Thursday uh, of Heartland Film Festival. So enjoy these red carpet recordings, or these red carpet interviews. Hi, uh, my name is Matt. Uh, do you guys want to take a moment? Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, Maybe it'll make my brain think. Here, oh, no, no, you take it. Go. You go <laughs> first, go right Okay, ahead. then I'll pass it off to you. Okay. Oh, okay. Charlie and Billy right behind uh, my name's Matt Hurd. I'm with the Obsessive Viewer uh, podcast and blog, ObsessiveViewer.com. Um, why, don't, uh, uh, why don't you guys introduce yourself and tell us about what uh, film you're here for? Hi, I'm Elizabeth Frenzel-Castellini. I'm the executive director of Heartland Yoga, and um, I'm here to see It's a Great Day in the Neighborhood, mm-hmm. and maybe Tom Hanks, and <laughs> just experience opening night, which is so exciting for the city. Nice. So, Pam? 
Hi, my name is Pam Dyer, and I'm the executive director for the Indiana Conference for Women. And so I like to stay involved with all the great things that are happening in the city. Um, Heartland Film Festival has an amazing board of directors, so I religiously support because they're doing such great work. And I'm so proud that they've grown the Heartland Film Festival to the level that it is today. And there's many films I want to see, but beginning with tonight. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And Heartland, is this is their biggest year yet, and it's they've been around for 28 years. It's, it's insane, just the a level that they've grown. It's just really remarkable. Um, what's your guys' history with Heartland Film Festival? Well, I haven't been involved on the board, but uh, we've attended films in the past, and I've watched it grow in Indianapolis over the last decade especially. Um, under Craig Prater's direction, it's really seemed to jump by leaps and bounds. Um, Frank Basile, who was very much involved in the board of directors, is a dear friend of mine, so um, whenever he's involved, I always try to support the organization and the cause. And I think that what the Heartland Film Festival does for Indianapolis, besides exposing the arts um, in a very creative way, is it puts us in the national limelight. And I think that... Ah. Yeah. As a leader in our community, that's so important. Oh, absolutely. And especially when you have, like, when you're involved with such uh, great organizations and stuff, it's a great, like, kind of relationship to kind of forge with Heartland and with the city itself. It's really great. And the amount of business it brings in, too, of course, oh, is, yeah. it's just, it's really well done. This is my fourth or fifth <laughs> year covering it. Oh, good. So you like to come back every oh, year. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always my favorite time of year, honestly. It's just, <laughs> it's nice. so much fun. Um, and it's just, it's so great. Um, so what uh, films other than tonight's opening oh, night film? I, I knew you were going to ask me that. My, my mind is <laughs> like, know, and I perused through the catalog <laughs> yeah. like ten times and circled mm-hmm. the names yeah. of the ones that I want to see. But there's so many, so many. Yeah. And they're happening all over the city, which makes it really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I was very excited that they uh, are at... They have some films showing at the uh, the uh, Artcraft Theater in Franklin. Yes, beautiful place, and it's just it's it's really fantastic. I hear that's um, just a representation of Americana from a. Oh, you know, absolutely! Yeah. It's in uh, the fact that one of the one of the documentaries they're showing there is going going attractions, uh, the definitive story of the movie palace. Um, that's all about antique theaters and independently run like movie palaces, and it's just like. To see that documentary at that venue is just, it's perfect. It's its perfect. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you very much, and yeah, I'm so glad you that you've come back thank five you. years. Oh, absolutely. I'll have to try to beat that record. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right, well, guys, have a great festival, and uh, thank you for chatting with me. All right, thank you. Hello, my name is Matt. I'm Bill Charlie Garcia. Garcia, nice to meet you guys. Would you mind taking a break? Pardon me? Take a vote. Hold it. All right. And you're with uh, Heartland? Uh, I'm with uh, Obsessive Viewer Podcast, ObsessiveViewer.com. It's a website that I run. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and uh, I'm covering Heartland for every day of the festival. Great. Um, Good for you guys. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, why don't you mind just telling us your name again and tell us uh, a little bit about yourselves? Uh, My name is Billy Dragoo Garcia. And I actually own a healthcare company here in Indianapolis, Care. And I also co-found a, a conference called the Indiana Conference for Women, nice. which is the largest in the Midwest that mm-hmm. will be coming here November 7th. This is our ninth year for the conference. Wow. And it's kind of a renowned conference for this mm-hmm. area anyway. So we draw people from all over the country. That's fantastic. Yeah, one of my co-hosts was actually uh, at 
the conference last year, I yeah. think. Yeah, uh, our employer kind of yeah, just sent her there. Gretchen Carlson, we have Retta from Park and Recreation and the Girl yeah. Girl, and we had Aaron Brockovich that closed it. So this year That's we have amazing. an amazing lineup. So hopefully you'll go to our website and see it. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. where is that website? It's, it's www.indianaconferenceforwomen.com. Perfect. And, and when then, is it this year? Uh, November 7th. And then Perfect. next year is our 10th anniversary, so t- stay tuned for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what's your guys' history with Heartland, and, and how do you feel about the festival? Well, we've been coming to Heartland off and on for many, many years, mm-hmm. and I love it, particularly tonight, because of the short films that we want to see, like mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers tonight with, you know, Tom Hanks, and then also we want to see Michael B. Jordan and Mercy this oh, next yeah. week. Everybody wants to see that, so mm-hmm. do we. But, you know, this is an amazing venue, and, you know, mm-hmm. I know, Charlie, you've had an opportunity to be I'm here. very been here for a number of years off and on uh, but again a great venue where you can first see films like Danny Glover Tom Hanks great mm-hmm. actors come to Indianapolis and we're oh, yeah. able to provide them with Hoosier Hospitality oh, absolutely and in my years of covering the film festival like every time that I've spoken to like repeat filmmakers that have come back they always rave about just the hospitality and everything and that's something that I I love about it yeah and it, it gives people feel like this venue like in the conference that oh, we have yeah. you've never been to Indianapolis before so they really realize they're not in a cornfield yeah oh yeah <laughs> really are a great city so we're Absolutely. thrilled about yeah, coming tonight supporting it any way that we can mm-hmm. and um yeah, so hope to see you guys out and about and around oh. soon. Hopefully come to our conference sometime. Yeah, absolutely. You're always welcome. Just email me if you ever want credentials to come. Oh, in. absolutely. I will definitely I mean, A lot of the men come in the mornings between mm-hmm. the, the governor and the mayor will open the conference. And then after lunch till 1 o'clock, then that's when the men come in the morning and then breakouts in the oh. afternoon. A lot of people are there. Though. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard great things. So absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, well, thank you guys for chatting with me and hope you have a great festival. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. I've got my hands full. If you want to grab a mic, I can chat with you. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm with the Obsessive Viewer, ObsessiveViewer.com. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, my name is Chantel Stone, and this is my husband, Brad Stone. And we were invited from a fellow um, merchant on Mass Ave in Indianapolis uh, by Indy Reads Books. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're very excited to be here for the opening mm-hmm. night. Uh, this is a new one for me, so oh, I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah, yeah so is this your first time at Heartland? No, not at all, but the first okay. time at opening night. So oh, nice. Works. I usually just walk in a theater and buy my ticket and sit yeah. down, and, and tonight's... We're doing something a little different here. So. Absolutely, it's uh, it's it's definitely exciting. And how excited are you for a beautiful day in the neighborhood? We're big Tom Hanks fans, and yeah. we're talking about it tonight, and even the uh, bosom buddies that we were one mm-hmm. of. Our, I don't know if we grew up with it or if it was in reruns. <laughs> we liked it, and so uh, we're big excited to see what he does with this film. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so, what's your experience been with Heartland? Like, how how have you felt about it over the years? It was a, a big part of our lives. Um, for a long time, we would try to go to as many films as we could. And now that we have kids, we want to expose them to to have those feel-good moments in a film unlike what they've seen on, on, on the regular circuit. Right. Absolutely. And uh, what, what business are you guys with again? I'm with the Mass Ave Merchants Association. Okay. It's Mass Ave in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, I love Mass Ave. Um, yeah, I actually adopted my cat at Indie Reads Books, so so I have a special special 
Ty there, I guess. Hey. Um, and so aside from A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, what are you most excited about in terms of the guidebook and the films that are showing at this year's festival? Well, I'd say that we haven't picked out our other films yet, so we're focused on this one. This is the start of our of our whole next couple of weeks. Nice. And so uh, we'll be going to a few of them at least. Oh, so. absolutely. All right, great. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me, and hope you have a great, great time at the festival this year. Thank you. Right, thank you. My name is Matt. I'm with ObsessiveViewer.com. Yeah, so I'm I'm with ObsessiveViewer.com. We're a podcast, blog, reviews, all that stuff. Um, Would you mind introducing yourself and tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Ashton Gleckman. I'm 19 years old. I live in uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. I just directed my first film, which is called We Shall Not Die Now, which is a Holocaust documentary. Wow. So I interviewed survivors, liberators, Mm -hmm. scholars, uh, prosecutors of the Nuremberg trials. Mm -hmm. Um, I filmed in Poland. um, where this stuff actually happens. Um, and I got involved with the Holocaust when I was really young, when mm-hmm. I was seven years old. And so wow. I've been thinking about it ever since and mm-hmm. finally put it into the film. Wow. Well, first of all, congratulations. I mean, that is incredible. Um, you. You're 19? That's, man, that, you. I'm, so, like, congrats. Like, I can't, Thank I'm you. at a loss for words. Yeah. Um, what, what was, like, your biggest challenge with putting together this project and, right. and the documentary? I think with any, like, first film or, like, your first films, it's a lot financing. Mm. So for me, yeah. because a lot of this consisted of doing interviews yeah. with people in different states, mm-hmm. I was having to fly there and use oh, camera yeah. equipment and also in Poland. Mm-hmm. So the film was shot with a one-person crew. It was literally just wow. me with a camera. I tried to, my best to set up the interviews. Mm-hmm. And in Poland, um, I was sort of just hitchhiking around with wow. my camera and filming at Auschwitz. And So, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, it really was just like resources, mm-hmm. but I made it work. Uh, nice. um, sort of hit some walls along the way, but sure, we got to the end. That is that is amazing. And has yeah. it played at any other festivals, or is Heartland the first one? Or? So yeah, Heartland actually is the first festival. Wow, that's um, amazing. Yeah, and then we're also premiering the film in Los Angeles. It's going to be introduced by Dr. Michael Berenbaum, who head up the whole U.S. Holocaust Museum. Oh wow! Um, so he created the whole thing, and he's going to be giving wow. a speech, um, and we're going to be joined by him and uh, a lot of others mm-hmm. um, in LA. So wow, that is that is incredible. Yeah, um, thank you. So from the start of the project to the to Heartland, yeah. Um, how long did the process take, and what was the how how much footage did you have to pull right. over to? So we actually captured. Um, I captured over thirty hours of footage in terms of the interviews, but also all the footage in Poland and in the mm-hmm. cities and everything like that. So a lot of it was just sort of breaking it down to a really tight, cohesive film. Mm-hmm. Um, and a documentary is pretty different from a narrative feature because you sort of discover the film as you go along, partially. Yep. Especially when you get certain subjects from interviews, mm-hmm. and you're like, "That's just a remarkable." story and it needs to be involved with the film you can't storyboard it at the beginning right so you're discovering it as you go along so for me that was really i started in march mm-hmm. um i did research at the u.s holocaust museum and read a lot of testimonies um and then i went into production shooting the interviews i finished in poland mm-hmm. did the editing r- wrote the music and then wow. mastered the final film Wow, you did the music too. That's yes. Wow. But then that's we incredible. also had um, a composer by the name of Benjamin Walfish who did like the It movies and oh, Blade yeah. Runner. Oh um, yeah. He wow. did the main theme for the film. Oh, that's fantastic. That is awesome. I've, I'm a huge fan of his work. Um, yeah. 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 That's that's amazing. Wow. Thank well, you so much. Congratulations uh, on on everything. Uh, good. Best of luck with the festival run run and everything. I can't Thank wait you. to see it. Thank I, you. Because obviously the subject matter is, is yeah. so so right. important. And especially next um, year is the 75th 
anniversary of everything, the end of yeah. the war, liberation of mm-hmm. the camps. So it's, a, yeah. I think, a really important, very, um, really important opportunity for us as mm-hmm. human beings to look back and reflect. Absolutely. Um, so that's what this film, for me, did. Absolutely. Well, congratulations again, and I hope you have a great festival and a great festival run. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hi, Beth. My name is Hi. Matt. I'm with ObsessiveViewer.com. Hi, Matt. And, uh, yeah, why don't you tell me about yourself and the, is it Greater Indianapolis Progress? Yeah, good memory, yes. Oh, thank you. Yes, so I work for this organization, the Greater Indianapolis Progress Committee. We call ourselves Gypsy, G-I-P-C. Nice. So I'm the head gypsy, which I really like <laughs> being. Um, I'm a lawyer. Um, I've been in government a long time, and oh. Gypsy partners with Mayor Hogsett. Okay. So we are a not-for-profit organization whose mission is to serve in partnership with the mayor. So I love the work. It's very fun and exciting. And one of the things I really love about Indianapolis are the terrific cultural opportunities that we have. I'm a lot older than you, and I remember when there really wasn't anything to do in Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it's things are changed now. Things are different, and I'm really proud oh, of yeah. our city in the way that we've embraced, um, a, a, you know, something like Heartland. I remember yeah, yeah. when it started, and I remember thinking, mm, I hope we're ready, um, yeah. and we are ready. We're not only ready, it's thrived over time. Oh, yeah. If you look at the lineup of movies, the problem you have oh, yeah. is not being able to see everything you it, want to see. Exactly. That is, <laughs> so, and that's such a great problem to is, have. It is. It's a wonderful problem. Oh, yeah. And this is their biggest year yet, yes. and that's just... Like, I've been covering it for about four years now. Yeah. And just, like, it's grown so mm-hmm. much. Just in those four years, right. it's Just it's watching, watching the evolution has really been wonderful. Oh, so yeah. I know that I, I don't speak for the mayor, but mm-hmm. I will say I know the mayor agrees with me. Mm-hmm. He's probably been here, or he's going to be here. Oh, but yeah. we need to support our creative class. Absolutely. We need to, to embrace our artists, mm-hmm. the people who are making and creating and singing and dancing mm-hmm. and sculpting and making movies. We need Absolutely. to embrace them and support them provide an audience and a forum for them not only to do what they do but to make a living doing it because oh, it's really important and Heartland plays a really important role in that mm-hmm. and I'm just proud proud that our city is embracing it. Yep, same same here. I've I've lived in Indianapolis most of the majority of my life mm-hmm. at this point and it's just it's it's really great to be able to find this type of cultural absolutely uh, uh, landmark, I guess. Absolutely, or, or, yeah, yeah. I'm really proud uh, of that. Yeah, uh, great. Well, uh, tell us once again where we can find Gypsy and, yeah. and where we can find the Greater Gypsy. Indianapolis Progress Committee. It's www.indygipc at dot org. So um, again, my name is Beth White, <laughs> and I've been uh, around Indianapolis a long time, and <laughs> I love it, and I'm glad to be here tonight. Great. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, and hope you enjoy the opening night film and the rest of the festival. I I know I will. Thank nice. you. Thank you. Giving it back to you. Thank you. All right. So it's Skylar Lawson. That's right. And Delil Baran. Delil Baran. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, as I said, I'm Matt with ObsessiveViewer.com, and you guys are here with Wilm. That's right. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about the film? Uh, I'm Skylar Lawson, and uh, I wrote and directed the movie, and uh, the movie is a 1933 Depression era. Uh, epic in a lot of ways, uh, but it's about two Indiana brothers who get mixed between a legendary bank robber who I think Hoosiers will recognize who he is and, uh, and an eccentric young criminal that no one knows who they are. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm Delil Baron. Um, I play Alexander Alexi, and yeah, I, I'm really happy to be here. You know, I, 
I'm the young eccentric criminal, <laughs> as you would say. That's, that's me. Nice. And yes. the film premieres Sunday here at Heartland. That's right. Um, now I have had a chance to see to see it. As yeah. Well. And like, first of all, um, <laughs> is is this is this a debut film? It is a feature debut. That's I, right. That kind of blows my mind because it's beautiful. Thank like, you so it is much. A stunning film and. Like I, I just want to ask, like, why would you do that to yourself? Like making a period film as your first, like that's that's that it sounds like so like it's so difficult. But I mean, it like I said, it looks amazing. It's it's an incredible film. Well, you're right. You're exactly right. It was hard, <laughs> but that was kind of the point going in. You gotta, as a director, you're kind of trying to get the best out of everyone around mm-hmm. you. And when I'm putting myself out there on the line to say, hey, we're being really audacious here, trying to pull something off that maybe no one has for our budget range, mm-hmm. and definitely not in Indiana, uh, I think that we took real pride in pushing it mm-hmm. as far as we possibly could and being willing to fall on our sword, too. Yeah. Like, take it as, as like, literally as far as we can, mm-hmm. make no excuses. It doesn't matter if it's my debut. Mm-hmm. In the end, audiences want to see a movie, and we hope that we inspire people to get out of their houses and see it in a theater setting like Heartland. Oh, absolutely. So we need, so we need, to, we need to give them a reason. Exactly. Yeah, so we wanted to make it a ride. And so, mm-hmm. honestly... There's a certain kind of movie that doesn't get made very often, and I've said it a, a lot. The uh, the blockbuster kind of took over the American epic. Yeah. So the only way we're going to be able to bring that back is to not make excuses for, oh, they cost a lot. Yep. Let's make a movie for what we can make it for, mm-hmm. and then make it as epic as we can, rooted in the, in that American culture that we know so well. It's a it's a really big part of our culture, and I think that if, if we lose it, we're going to be in trouble. Absolutely. And so are you guys both from Indiana? or in- I grew up in Wabash, Indiana, where we That's shot the movie, this, which is yeah. uh, very much why uh, we took so much care in the images, because I love that place, and I know every corner of it. I know where the sun goes nice. down, so there's very very beautiful cinematography by Ed Herrera, but uh, I'm going to let Dalil explain where he's from, but he's not from Indiana, I'll tell <laughs> sure. you. That. I'm not from here. Uh, I was born and raised in Germany, uh, uh, Kurdish parents, uh, and uh, five years ago, I... I moved to New York, and four years ago, I met this guy. Nice. And we had a lot of uh, walks, mm-hmm. hours of walking. That's right. And we just figured out that we have to work together, and then, you know. We ended up working together on we, Yes, we did that. Stick. And, you know, just felt the best. right to do that. He's one of my best that. friends, so it's, it's always the best again. He's one of my best friends, and so being able to work <laughs> at a high level on the record. is a real joy. That's perfect. And you did a phenomenal job in the film as well. And Thank you so much. I, I can't wait for people to see it because like you said it's not it's not the type of film you would expect out at like a, at a film festival like an independent film that is so just massive in scope it's just it's really really incredible um, and you are going to be on a, a panel uh, at Heartland do you want to talk about that's that right so we're we're going to do a making of panel at 1 p.m. on Sunday before <laughs> our world premiere nice. and we're really excited about that because we think that there, there's some stories from the set that are absolutely legendary of how nice. did we make this thing happen mm. and it's going to be really cool to show Hoosiers mm-hmm. what it was like to make a Hoosier movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also get them excited for what they're about to see. You know right. what I mean? And, uh, and share some little inside stories that will enhance the viewing for mm-hmm. people who decide to come out. Um, we're going to cover a lot about the cinematography, directing, the music. We're going to talk about performances. We're going to talk about how the actors got in a certain groove. And uh, most of all, we're going to talk about how did we engage 
Indiana to be able to make it because the movie does not happen without the support of uh, Wabash, Indiana, and that yeah. is a fact. That is that's fantastic. I can't wait to actually see the movie with an audience and yeah. and, to, and I'm so excited for you for you guys and and what you're going to do in the future. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, that absolutely. was really kind of you to say. Thank yeah, you. Of course. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me. And uh, definitely check out Whelm at Heartland Film, Fe- Film Festival. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great thank rest you. of the festival. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you too. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet thank you. you so much. It's really kind of you to say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hello. Which I know nothing about. <laughs> That's fair. Must be a podcast or what? Uh, podcast, written reviews, uh, okay. pretty much uh, jack of all trades. Uh, if you want to take a mic, um, what? sure. I'd be happy to. Oh, yeah, if you want to share? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm Matt from ObsessiveViewer.com, and uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves in, in the film you're here to pro- uh, to promote for Heartland? My name is Elizabeth Mitchell. David Godinus. And I'm Larry Laswell. And our film is Reverend Marvin Chandler, Open to the Moment. Nice. And uh, tell, us about, tell us about the film. Is it, is our it film is about a young man who mm-hmm. just this Saturday turned 90 years old. Wow. He was a child prodigy in, in piano, mm-hmm. started playing at four. Mm-hmm. By the time he left high school, he had graduated from IU's uh, School of Music. Mm-hmm. He had been an... Um, and became a minister. He worked with Howard Thurman in California. He was a negotiator for the Attica prison riots. Oh, wow. And we wanted to tell the story of how he was able to balance being a minister as well as a jazz musician because that was considered the devil's music. Mm -hmm. This man grew up during segregation in Bloomington, Indiana Mm -hmm. and came through a lot of trials and tribulations and was able to make a lot of accomplishments Mm -hmm. despite being oppressed. Mm -hmm. But... If you were to meet this man, you would come away with a good feeling and and just everything that he was able to accomplish in his life. We felt that Indiana deserved to know about one of their own. That's fantastic. And that that is such an admirable uh, approach to it because, I mean... Just if people kind of like good people like slip through the cracks of pop pop culture and cultural relevance, like that's terrible, and it's great to shine a light on good good in the world. Yeah, he's a humble um, man, yeah. but he's accomplished a lot, and you meet him, and you feel better once you've met him. That's fantastic. And I'm more impressed that you know about Attica. Oh yeah, <laughs> we are. We've been going down the line. We're trying to figure out who's going to actually. Oh yeah, so, you know. And they're like Attica. What's Attica? And like right. we're talking, he won a, a talent show with Arthur Godfrey. You know. Oh, wow. There we go. I, there we, yeah, I, that's how, I don't. I can't commit to knowing a m- much of it. But the point is, you even recognize these words. Oh, yeah. You know? oh yeah. Yeah, he was on the march in Washington with Martin Luther King. Now everybody knows about him. Yeah. But, you know yeah. that kind of thing. Wow. So. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I'm really excited to see the film. And uh, have you guys had any experience with Heartland before this? Or is no, this, this is new to us. Nice. So we are excited to be here. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, we are. Literally very excited. That is great. How has the experience been? And are you looking forward to opening Positive. night? Positive. Got here, yeah. but everything's nice. great. Well organized, and the, the people, the people are really great that we've been talking with. The hospitality, the people—they're all been great. They nice. really have. That's great. I've been covering it for about four or five years at this point, and it's it's my favorite time of year every year. And it's just it's it's great. I'm glad that you guys are having a great experience with it. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. So tell us again what the name of the film is, and uh, yeah. Uh, Reverend Marvin Chandler, open to the moment, mm-hmm. Sunday and Tuesday. Perfect. <laughs> hope to see you there. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me. Thank and you. Have a great rest of the festival. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, there you go. Okay.
All right, cutting in again to introduce the next batch of red carpet recordings. These interviews were conducted the next day on Friday, um, October. Crap, I really should have looked this up. Like, I think it was October 10th. Wait, my mom's birthday was Monday, 14, 13, 12, 11. Okay, so Friday, October 11th. Um, yes, that's right. Okay, so <laughs> these interviews were conducted Friday, October 11th at the red carpet event that they had for the Mummy 20th anniversary, uh, screening, um, as part of the, one of their special presentations of Heartland this year is that they had a retrospective for Brendan Fraser's work. So they screened the Mummy and the Quiet American and Gods and Monsters. And they actually had, uh, they actually had Brendan Fraser at the festival to introduce those films, do Q and A's and stuff. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be able to chat with him for a few minutes. Um, it's, I'm just going to go in chronological order here. So, uh, if you want to skip to that review or that interview, uh, go ahead and check the show notes and everything, but you'll, uh, get to it. So, um, yeah. So without further ado, here are the, uh, the red carpet event, um, recordings and everything. I should say before I get into that, actually, that everyone was super excited about Brendan Fraser being there. It was a very, a very exciting night at Heartland and, and going back to the opening night film, uh, section that you guys just listened to. Everyone was excited about a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, I'm going to do a separate episode that has, uh, that has reviews of all the special presentations that I saw. So anyway, uh, we'll get to that later in this uh, episode series. So here are the recordings of interviews conducted on the uh, day two of Heartland Film Festival, October 11th, the red carpet event for the Mummy 20th anniversary screening. Enjoy. Um, nice to meet you guys, too. Nice to meet you. I'm Ryan. Great. You guys want to take a microphone? Sure. sure. If you want to share the microphone. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as I said, I'm Matt from ObsessiveViewer.com. We're a local podcast, uh, blog, all that stuff. Um, and why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us about the film you're here to... Uh, before. Sure. <laughs> uh, my name's Olivia Vaughn. I'm the producer on Barefoot, the Mark Bomber story. My name is Ryan Stewart. I'm the composer on Barefoot, the Mark Bomber story. Nice. And so uh, I, I haven't been able to check out the, the film yet. It premieres tonight, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, okay. world premieres tonight at seven ten. Cool. Yep. Nice. That's mm-hmm. great. And could you tell us a little bit about the about the film? Sure, sure. So Barefoot is a portrait piece about Mark Bomber. He was a writer and activist who was walking across America barefoot to raise awareness um, about climate change. Nice. That's great. And um, I understand that he has some ties to Indiana and Indianapolis, particularly? Or not, not Indianapolis, Indianapolis okay. but Indiana, yes. He nice. was actually born here. So wow, that's it fantastic. was just, yeah, very kind of random, wonderful connection between mm-hmm. him and this this area and festival. And so we're that's very happy fantastic. to be here. Yeah. Great. And uh, yeah, what, attra- what attracted you to the project? Like, how did, how did it kind of come about? Sure. So our director, Julie Sokolow, uh, was actually following Mark each day as he was on this walk. He would have a daily vlog. Um, and she found him to be an extremely charismatic, inspirational person. And she came to us saying, we should make a documentary about this person. And we all were very much 
in agreeance with that this wonderful human being. That's fantastic. And obviously, it's an incredibly important cause and everything. Um, I can't wait to see it. And uh, just kind of final question. Have you guys been to Heartland before? Is this your first time at Heartland Film Festival? This is my first time. I I was actually here, I think, eight years ago. I had a short in one of the programs, like in the short program. So this is my second very time here. Cool. And it is it has grown quite a bit since then. I'm very excited to be back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, welcome back. And, Thank, you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, uh, well, great. Uh, best of luck with the film. Um, I'm excited to check it out. And, um, yeah, hope you guys have a great rest of the festival. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. I know, right? <laughs> if you guys want to take this microphone and kind of share it. Um. All right. Well, my name is Matt. I'm with ObsessiveViewer.com. We have podcasts, blogs, all that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us about Barefoot. Hi, my name is Julie Sokolow, and I'm the director of Barefoot, the Mark Bomber story, and it's an inspiring story of a writer and activist who walked barefoot for over 700 miles to protest climate change. Um, if you can imagine trying to walk barefoot for even one mile, he did it for 700 miles. Um, that's how much he cared about trying to save Earth from climate catastrophe. And so he also filmed himself this entire journey and posted daily videos to YouTube. The New Yorker called him a compulsive social media diarist. Um, The story is... Uh, really funny because Mark is like a genius comedian but also <laughs> extremely tragic um, his journey ended when he was killed on day 101 oh, wow. um, so I had reached out to his parents uh, Jim and Mary Bomber and uh, wanted to honor his legacy and tell his story I'm going to let them speak now oh absolutely so we're uh, being here is bittersweet I mean obviously we lost our son uh, we miss him every day uh, however, you know, the film that Julie ended up making is an amazing film. I think it does justice to Mark's life and what he was really all about. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it, it tells a compelling story about climate change and, the, you know, it, it may be the issue for our time. Um, and it's interesting in that here is a world premiere in Indiana. And Mark was actually born in northwest Indiana in 1983. So we're coming back to the state. We haven't been back. Uh, and so uh, we'll actually go back to our kind of that childhood place uh, on Sunday and visit oh, some wow. of the places where we, we, we lived. So, uh, and we're really thrilled that Julie was the filmmaker because, mm-hmm. I mean, two months after Mark's death, I mean, how do you know who is the person to tell the story, oh, yeah. right? And uh, we're both convinced that, that Julie was the right person in the way that she understood Mark's social justice commitment. But I think capturing sort of the the complexity of who Mark was in all of its facets. So. Wow. Well, that's... And so we're hoping you come out tonight or tomorrow, tonight at 7 and tomorrow at 12.30 for the screenings. So. Absolutely. We did, um, we did set up a Mark Bomber Sustainability Fund. Oh, we awesome. um, want to do good works, mm-hmm. make a difference in the world, mm-hmm. um, things that Mark believed in. And so um, Mark Bomber Sustainability Fund.org. That's fantastic. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for chatting with me. And, of course, my condolences and everything. Um, it's It's got to, like you said, it must be bittersweet, obviously. But just the just the fact that he worked so hard for something that's so important. Like you said, it is the issue of our time. And it's just the, the fact that there is a piece of art that will immortalize him and his his 
uh, his ambition and, and uh, heart is must be very very uh, nice and, and grat- uh, satisfying. I think so. Mark would be thrilled though to, to know that there was a film made about him because I think Mark I think Mark always wanted to be famous nice. and I think he would be really excited that people were watching a film about him. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's fantastic, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. And uh, yeah, and I hope you guys have a great rest of the festival and a great premiere. So you said ob- obsessive filmmaker, obsessive uh, viewer, yeah. obsessive film viewer, uh, obsessive viewer. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm learning about all of these websites. Oh yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're. Oh, absolutely. Oh awesome. yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you guys, and have a good one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm Matt, yeah. If you guys, if you guys want to take a mic, sure. All right, so welcome to Heartland. And uh, yeah, why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us about the film that you're here for? My name is Prashant Gupta, and this is my wife, Mansi Gupta. And we are the producers of the movie, and I happen to be the lead actor in the movie as well. Fantastic. And um, we're very proud and happy to be here at Heartland to have our world premiere. It's a, it's a feel-good Christmas drama set in New York about two ethnic cultures coming together to celebrate Christmas. That is fantastic. Um, and it's called A New Christmas. A New Christmas. Um, just those, that combination of words, feel good, New York, Christmas, yeah. drama, like, like that's right it's in my real house. money written all over it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, ha- is this your guys' first um, experience with Heartland, or have you been here before? First experience with Indiana, with oh, Heartland. Wow. And I will remember it forever because the people here are warm and caring. And the festival is prestigious, you know, now in its 28th year. Yeah, so we're, we're very happy. We're very grateful. Great. Well, that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm thrilled that you guys are here. And you're having your world premiere, is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Um, when, is it, when is the premiere? Sunday, 7 o'clock at Castleton. Castleton. So Perfect. I hope people come out. And oh, absolutely. Just, you know, it's, it's, you look at the energy around here. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh, it's insane. And it's genuine. The best part is it's mm-hmm. all genuine. Yep, yep. I've I've been covering it for four years now. Four years. And it's I mean it's it's my favorite time of year. It's it's incredible. Um, yeah, it's. I it's, think I I think I'd come down again without a movie. Oh yeah! Nice. Beautiful people. That's great. That's so great to hear. Yes. And. Um, I hope you guys have a great festival and, and a great premiere, and Thank I'm you. definitely going to be seeing it I hope um, at some point. So, yeah. Please do. So, Sunday. Yeah. All right. Sunday. Will do. 7 p.m. All right. Well, thank you guys, and have a great one. Tell me how far away. Is this good? Oh, that's perfect. Okay, good. Um, all right. So, uh, I'm here with Terry from As If They Were Angels. Uh, would you mind telling me about the film and uh, about your role in the film? Yeah. Um, the film is a story of a shipwreck in World War II, very little known story about a convoy that was heading up to our base in Argentia, Newfoundland, three Navy ships, and two of them crashed into the rocks of Newfoundland. They all did, but one bounced off. Two broke up on the rocks, and over half the American sailors were killed. The sailors who were rescued were rescued because the Newfoundlanders from two small towns came out in the storm from Lawn and St. Lawrence 
and literally risked their own lives to pull sailors out of the <laughs> raging seas up the icy cliffs. The women came out and scrubbed them and got the oil off and brought them back from frostbite. It's an amazing story. That I, that sounds incredible. Like I'm, I obviously I've, I haven't heard of this story, so I'm very intrigued. Um, now, is is it a narrative or a document? It's a document. Documentary. Oh, that's perfect. Um, like, so and, and what was your role in, in the production of it? Well, I was the director and the producer. Oh wow! And the writer. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Um, what attracted you to this, aside from it just being an astounding story? And and what was the impetus for making the documentary? My father was a survivor of the shipwreck. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. The, the best documentaries are the ones that have that personal that personal link. And yeah, I wow, that sounds incredible. Um, how, how like how much uh, how long did the process take, and, and how did the story change? It took me thirty years. Wow. <laughs> I started shooting in 1988, when fortunately some of the survivors and rescuers were still alive. Oh wow! And I finished shooting in 2017. Wow, that is incredible. Wow, you must have had it's a, a long story. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you must have had a ton of footage to sift through and stuff. Um, and I'm sure that that's like I'm always fascinated with documentary filmmakers and, and the process because you have all of this stuff. It's a it's an it's an art form that the story kind of presents itself in the editing and, and in the. Like not so much in the compilation of the footage, but just in the editing. And like, did you did it take any interesting turns uh, for you, or did you have like a singular vision throughout the decades you worked on it? Well, no, I, I think it took a lot of turns. I think at first I thought that I might have a film simply from the material that I shot in 1988, mm-hmm. and then of course I realized that you know it was powerful and it was important, but there was a breadth and a depth. Mm-hmm. That of the human experience, (laughs) you know, it needed more. So over the years, I did more interviews and I went back to Newfoundland. And um, you know, it it ends up really being a story that roots us in this in a in a very present way in this story of heart and humanity and what we're capable of as human beings. So. For all of this time that it took, I'm constantly being told that it's more important for this story to be told now than ever. Oh, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, and when does it... Is it having its premiere at Heartland? No, it's okay. not having its premiere, but I'm so happy to be at Heartland, I can't nice. tell you. It's is this a- your first time out of Heartland? Or? Yes. Oh, wow. How's the experience been so far? Wonderful. Nice. And even before I came, you know, filmmakers from everywhere said, this is a great festival. You're really going to have a wonderful time. That's terrific. And well, you have a reputation for having, for telling stories of the heart. That Yes. And so and this sounds like it's perfect for that. So, yeah, well, best of luck with the rest of the festival and, and the rest of the festival run, I assume, if, if there's going to be more festivals in the future for the film. But 
Yeah, best of luck, and uh, it's been a pleasure. We're going to La Femme in L.A., so we will be Perfect. Fantastic. That's great. Well, thank you so and much. we're actually mm-hmm. having some screenings in Detroit coming up. So. Oh, wow, that's great. Well, I'll make sure to find links and put them in the show notes of this episode, and people will be able to find you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, and have a great one. I'm Hey there. Are you with me? Sure. Yeah, sure. Cool. You guys want to take this one? Yeah, I'll be Mike Man this time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you guys are here for Philophobia? Yes. And Which is at Hardline Film Festival, of course. Uh, why don't you go down the line and introduce yourselves, tell us your names and, and what roles you played in the film and in the production of the film. Introduce yourself. Toby Cook, producer of Philophobia. Matt Cook, producer of Philophobia, not, not related to Toby. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Guy Davis, uh, writer, director. Nice. So tell us a little bit about Philophobia and, uh, and, and just kind of the elevator pitch of it. Uh, someone else go. <laughs> okay, uh, this, this will be my first um, pitch. Um, so it's a coming-of-age drama, um, semi-autobiographical, based on Guy's upbringing and his experience during the last five days of um, school, high school. And it's a, about um, the, a group of friends and their various um, kind of conflicts and, and, and forces um, pulling them in different directions. So um, the main character is called uh, Kai, and he, he's a talented writer, and he has a... Um, uh, yeah, he has his own challenges, and, and, and he's kind of work, and we follow him as he works his way through them. And he's, um, you know, he's torn between like what to do after school, whether to leave his friendship group that's really tight, um, the girls he's falling in love with, and how, you know wants to fall in love with, mm-hmm. um, and the big world out there where um, you know his future lies because he's so talented. Wow. Yeah. That sounds good. Like that sounds like kind of the perfect movie for me. Like just coming nice. of age stories are great. Um, is this your first time at Heartland? And, this is uh, my first time at Heartland. Great. Yeah. How's the experience yeah. been so far? Great. It's nice. been lovely. Yeah, really Very nice. Cool. Um, yeah, we're really excited, um, and it's our world premiere as well. Uh, that is fantastic. Yes. And yeah, uh, how excited are you for that? And when is the world premiere? Uh, Sunday. So Sunday. this Sunday, four thirty p.m. at uh, AMC Castleton Square. Castleton Square uh, yeah. on Sunday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, what were some of the challenges with with making the film? Like, uh, like Toby said that it was par- partially autobiographical on your part. Guys? Yeah. I mean, like it, it was like a kind of starting point for the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a couple of things in the movie that that I'd like. That, that happened but you know it's, it's, it's heavily embellished it's not it's, it, you know it was just it was more of like a, a place to begin writing if you see what I mean but um, but yeah challenges I mean we had a lot like making like a, a fully like a truly independent film there's no like government money in it there's no there's no grant money in it it's like a, a group of like lovely um, sort of creative minded people who came together and put money into the film to make it happen and um yeah, we had a lot of challenges. Like, weather was a huge challenge for us. Oh, yeah. Like, the film is set over summer. It was mainly outside. Um, and, you know, we got rained out, like, maybe, like, a week and a half or something. Oh, wow. We went to some locations three times. Um, yeah, it was yeah. it was hard work. Um, <laughs> long days. Everyone doing their first feature, more or less. Like, a really inexperienced crew. Wow. But, um, no, like, I think we pulled it off. Like, it, we were That's really fantastic. happy with the film. So. Yeah, by the end, um, uh, I think that was, it was pretty unanimous that um, it was a real bonding experience. Experience. It was like one of those independent um, dream kind of experiences where everyone comes together really well and everyone's remained um, really close. Um, we've got a bunch of the actors out here. Um, we're all traveling as a group. We're going from Heartland um, to the San Diego Film Festival next. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and um, yeah, we're still enjoying the whole 
whole um, experience, really. That's great. Yeah. That's that's amazing, and I'm very excited to see the film myself. Right. Awesome. Um, fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, oh, absolutely. Cool. And uh, yeah, so yeah, thank you guys so much for chatting with me, and uh, have a great rest of the festival and great festival run as well. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, absolutely. Wow, these microphones are cool. Um, all right, so you guys are the, uh, the cast of... Well, cast and I did makeup. Okay, cast and makeup. Okay. Uh, why don't you go down the line and introduce yourselves and uh, tell us about your role in the film and, uh, and a little bit about the film. Uh, so my name's Jack. Uh, I play a guy called Megzy in the film, uh, one of Kai's uh, mates. Uh, he's sort of like a wild one in the film. He's quite, uh, I say, the com- comic relief in the film. Okay. The rest of them are sort of looking to escape this like world that they've lived in and this worried about the future and where their jobs are going to be. Where Megs is quite settled. Um, bit of it like a deep background, um, but he sort of brushes it off in a different way to the rest of the characters, um, which I like. I think everyone could afford to be a little bit more like Megsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like it's the dream, really. To yeah, be honest. Really <laughs> but yeah, that's me. Go. Um, so I'm Brooke, I did makeup on the film. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we sort of like tried to make it as authentic as possible. Um, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not the interesting one. I think the cast are more the interesting one in this one. <laughs> uh, so I'm Grace. I play Emma in the film. I kind of play this character who, the alternative love interest, who comes in, knows what she wants, takes what she wants, and then when she realizes it doesn't work out, she walks away and deals with it, which a lot of the other characters struggle with leaving it. So it was quite fun to come in and be like, boom, yes, this is it, done, yeah. It was just, because I'm a little bit not quite like that, so it's great. Sure. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she knows what she wants. Um, so, my name's Kim. I play Grace. She's guys. Uh, li- I love interest. She's a um, bit of a thoughtful character. I guess she's sort of, she's really know what she wants. She's got a lot of issues, a lot of toxic relationships around her. She's got a whole inner struggle, which sort of pulls Kai back in, back to his sort of small town life. Gives him his, like, conflict of whether to leave or not. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, that's great. Thank you guys so much for chatting with me. I'm really looking forward to seeing the film. And hope you guys have a thank great you so much. Sunday at Castle. Sunday, Perfect. All right. Well, thank you guys so much and have a great rest of the festival. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. She's like, hey, hey. Sure. I don't want to skip you, but I was like, hey. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, I saw you. Yeah. If you want to, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Just the one. Guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, well, sorry, sorry. Yeah, oh, you're good. You're good. Take both, right? All right. Well, uh, yeah. I'm here with the, the people from. Uh, oh my God. Well, <laughs> the uh, 100% Hoosier epic film. That's right. Uh, chatted with you guys yesterday. How how's day one been, or day two technically, since opening hours last night? How's how's it been? Well, we're one day closer to our world premiere, so that feels great. Getting everything lined up and making sure that people are coming into town so it's getting the gang back together that's the best you know so people are coming in from all over the country all the actors and it's going to be amazing uh, to see them all again it's going to be just like old times because we had an amazing time shooting the movie Fantastic. And the premiere is again on Sunday, uh, the 13th, and you're doing a filmmaker panel earlier that day at Castleton. That's right. So 1 p.m. for the for the panel about the making of, and then our world premiere is at 7.45 here at Newfields. Perfect. All right. Well, great chatting with you again, and uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you guys more throughout the festival. Thanks again, man. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Again, this is our lead actor, uh, Dalil Baran, and he is not from India. Tell me yeah. Hi, my name is Matt. Pleasure to meet you. If you want to take this mic out, if you want to. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm here with Brendan Fraser, who you are. We're having a the Heartland's having a retrospective of, of your films, and tonight we're screening The Mummy, the 20th anniversary. Um, how do you feel about being here at Heartland for the anniversary of? It's a anniversary? sentimental journey. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, because you were born here in Indianapolis. My natal place is Indianapolis. Nice. Well, that's fantastic, and I've got to say, I, I, I I've been a big fan of your work throughout throughout the years. Um, I kind of wish that they would have done a retros- or a, a anniversary screening of Blast from the Past. I'm a huge fan of that movie. Uh, when I was a kid, I watched it on HBO all the time, and I was just I I really uh, enjoy that. Um, so, what's the uh, experience been like with uh, just your uh, sorry? Uh, I'm gonna take that again. <laughs> so, how has Heartland been to you so far? I know that you. I'm sure you just got in. Yeah, I'm just yeah. off the plane. Oh, nice. <laughs> now here I am on the red carpet with your yeah. good self. So all everyone's right. friendly. Perfect. Great. We all drive very politely in the rain. That's nice to see. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the the mummy screening that's going to be happening here in a few I'm, minutes? I'm keen oh. to see how it holds up. Yeah. Nice. Have you Part watched of, it recently? Um, no. I mean, I yeah, well, yeah, in, in snippets. Sure. But, sure. Um, I, I, and I'm keen to find out what people still think about it. Mm-hmm. Or, there's a whole generation who come of age now are just finding it for the first time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And some of the other movies oh, they're, they're showing of yours is God and Monsters and... Oh, I'm blanking God, on Gods that. and Monsters yes. and uh, The Quiet American. Yes, The Quiet American. That's right. Um, how do you feel about those? Are, I'm really happy. Yeah. Those are important nice. pieces to me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Um, are you going to be here for those screenings? Or? I'll introduce them tomorrow. Oh, that's perfect. And I'm going to touch and go. Sweet. Nice. Um, I also just wanted to just take a second to just say that your appearances on the show Scrubs uh, was amazing. I Thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just incredible episodes of that show, and, and you were great in them. So, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, and is this your first time at Heartland or with Heartland and yes. everything? Okay, yeah. great. How's that experience been? I know that you, I know it's been... Everyone's, uh, it's, it's nice to see that... That it was worth turning down the Venice Film Festival to come here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sure. Call me. <laughs> but you guys are best second best. You know? Oh, nice. Well, that's great to hear. <laughs> great. All right. Well, I won't take any more of your time. Um, very uh, excited to have you here at Heartland and excited Thanks. for the retrospective and everything. And hope you have a great Cheers. rest of the festival. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thank Be well, you. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. That was fun. Okay. Old man in the pond. All right. Well, <coughs> uh, my name is Matt. I'm with ObsessiveViewer.com, and uh, your uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is John Lurchin, uh, the producer of The Old Man in the Pond. Perfect. And uh, The Old Man in the Pond is is it having its premiere at Heartland? Or yeah, it's having its premiere at Heartland uh, tomorrow. Yes. That is fantastic. And tell us a little bit about the film and uh, a little bit about the project. Uh, the Old Man in the Pond is a drama. It's a contained, uh, contained film in a pond house, and uh, it stars Tobin Bell from the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a tribute to the director's father, uh, a lot of the writing. Um, 
Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Is this your first experience with Heartland? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Indianapolis, and uh, Heartland actually started the year I was born, so it's kind of cool. Uh, and it's always been a goal since I started making films to get into the Heartland Film Festival. So ten years later, here we are. And, yeah, that is awesome. Exciting. That's great. How's the experience been so far? So far, good. It's just getting going. Uh, I haven't really gotten to go into any events yet, but right. looking forward to seeing some more films. Uh, I only saw one this afternoon, so oh yeah, planning to see like twenty twenty five. We'll see. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's fantastic. I'm I'm super excited for you and. Um, yeah, uh, so Tobin Bell, he obviously has the pedigree of like in terms of horror and everything. Yeah. Um, I, it's weird. I, my entry to, to his work was uh, season two of the TV show 24. Okay. <laughs> he was like the main villain at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see him just doing like uh, like a drama and, and like an independent film like that's that's fantastic yeah um, how was the experience of working with him and, and the rest of the cast how was the production as well the production was very smooth sailing uh, Tobin was great to work with very professional uh, you don't expect him taking on these roles because he does all those horror films mm-hmm. but it was great to see him kind of go out of that and uh, he's got that iconic voice so he's oh, talking yeah. in that deep dark you know, voice oh, yeah. the whole film which is very pleasant to listen to actually mm-hmm. uh, it helps drive oh, yeah. the film along so great yeah. well that's fantastic and it's having its premiere tomorrow tomorrow yeah yes. 7.30 7.30 and is that do you know what theater that's AMC at? Theater 9 Theater 9 alright perfect well that's uh, The Old Man in the Pond go check it out definitely thank you so much John for your time and I hope you have a great premiere and a great rest of the festival appreciate it thank you thank you So I'm sorry. How do you pronounce your name again? Nikhil Melnichek. Nikhil Melnichek. Incredibly complicated. <laughs> sure, but it stands out. That's great. Um, and you're here for "Don't Be Nice," um, which is not an instruction. That's just the title of the film. Um, can you tell us about the film and your your role in the film and the production and everything? Sure. Uh, "Don't Be Nice" is a feature documentary that just qualified for the Academy Awards. My my dad. Oh, fantastic! And Congratulations. Thank you very much. We're we're going all the way. So nice. that, that is the journey. And in fact, it's about a team of spoken word poets completing for the 2016 National Slam Championships. Wow. So it's a competition film, but about the last thing you would expect to be competitive, which is poetry. Wow. And is it... Is it a narrative or documentary? It's documentary, documentary. but okay. you might be confused watching it at some points because it is edited like a narrative film. Oh, that's we have, It's a verite film, so we really you know, f- just followed what's the action. There's very few interviews. It really just tries to be as direct and immediate as possible, just getting to the experience of what it was like to be in New York City in that hot, sweaty, politically intense summer of yeah. 2016. Wow. I... That's, that sounds amazing. Like, that approach to making a documentary seems like so... Like, it's like, it's like removing any kind of crutches. Like, like creating a documentary in, the, in that format and everything is like... That's an interesting challenge. I'm sure that it, it comes through really well in the finished product. Um, did you have any challenges with it? And also, what was your role with the film? Oh, absolutely. I'm, <laughs> yeah. the, I'm one of the producers of the film. Perfect. Uh, along with Cora Atkinson. And what doing a Verite documentary does is it removes the press, the, the writer job from documentaries. And so you just start filming, and you. our director, Max Powers, was just brilliant at 
being there with our cinematographer Peter Buntane to just capture everything that was mm-hmm. happening as much as possible, as immediately as possible. And then we ended up with 300 hours of footage. Wow. And we sat down in an editing room, and the editor, David Lieberman, Nathan Punwar, watched the footage. It took them five months just to watch all the wow. footage before we even started cutting it. So oh, man. the challenge of doing a Verite documentary is yeah. the editing. It becomes wow. a whole epic journey just to get from all that footage down to a cut. Wow. How long was the edit after they watched all the footage and everything? About 14 months. Wow. So that is over remarkable. Wow. And uh, with the with the Verite style, was there anything like during like the filming and everything and the shooting that was like, did... Did like the director and then everyone involved? Did they like notice like, oh, we should probably pay more attention to this aspect of what we're covering so that we can kind of, kind of like, create a, a narrative out of it? Or was it more just like, oh, we have all of this footage, let's just let's let's find it in the footage? That's a really good question. I would say it was a little bit of both, but more yeah. of the latter, more of just trying to be there and capture what was happening. So, um, one thing about our film is this team would have gotten together and written poetry and gone to the national championships whether or not we were filming. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like we were setting up things for them to do. We were just trying to be there for the things that they were doing. Um, Then we added another layer on top of the documentary, which is after we'd shot the Verite footage, we went back and created, along with the poets, some poem videos, essentially music videos of three key poems in the film. So that was an opportunity for us as filmmakers to add a little bit of our own artistic touch on top of that work. That is fantastic. I'm, I can't wait to see it. I'm very excited for it. Is it, uh, did I already ask this, is it having its premiere at Heartland? Or? It's not. Okay. It's, uh, this is actually our last stop on the festival oh, circuit. Wow. We're so okay. honored to, to be wrapping up here. Um, uh, the film actually has just had its theatrical release in New York and L.A. We've qualified for the Academy Awards through that. And um, we have one more screening at Heartland, which is next Saturday um, at 5.15. So hopefully everyone will come through. Great. Awesome. Well, congratulations on a successful festival run and being uh, uh, eligible for Academy Award consideration and everything. And uh, yeah, final question. Since it is like the summer of 2016 and everything, is there any like inkling to kind of like revisit that Especially in the lead up to like 2020, um, especially with the political everything. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. I think as we were editing the film, which primarily happened in 2017 and 18. Oh, okay. We because we shot it in 2016 and then started editing the next year. Gotcha. We really started to feel that this film was a time capsule mm-hmm. for a moment in history uh, that is very easy to forget because every week there's a whole new world-changing event that seems yes. to be happening. And that summer, um, when Black Lives Matter movement was really at its fore, a lot happened that people are apt to forget. So I think um, we're excited that we've been able to capture uh, a really potent period in American history through the lens of poetry. That's fantastic. Um, That's great. Once again, congratulations, and thank you so much for your time. That's a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, hope you have a, a great... The heartland. <laughs> I've been having a great time already, Perfect. and people want to learn more about the film, they can go to don'tbenicemovie.com. Don'tbenicemovie.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a great one. Appreciate it, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. 
right, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves and then tell me about your film. Hey, I'm Ryan Geelan. I'm the producer and director of My Beautiful Stutter. And I'm Michael Alden, and I'm the producer of My Beautiful Stutter. Perfect. With Ryan. Nice. And could you tell me a little bit about the film? Sure. My Beautiful Stutter follows five kids from ages 9 to 18 um, who all have severe stutters and are suffering from everything from isolation and bullying to suicidal thoughts. It follows them through a revolutionary program where instead of people trying to fix their stutter with them, uh, the focus is on loving yourself and loving your stutter. And that simple switch from focusing on being fluent, fixing yourself, to instead focusing on, this is my voice, listen to me, the results are profound. And so the sort of year that we followed them, we kind of tracked that journey of theirs from, as Michael likes to say, from going to bullied to uh, bravery. Wow. That's, he just said it all. <laughs> that's incredible. What was the experience like, like filming it, like, and what attracted you guys to the project? Well, I mean, for me, I, I, I'm involved also in theater, and I'm okay. producing the King's Speech, uh, oh, the nice. original play that the movie was based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stuttering Association for the Young, which is the revolutionary program that Ryan was speaking of, mm-hmm. reached out to me uh, because they wanted to honor the Academy Award-winning author mm-hmm. of the King's Speech. And I asked David, he agreed, and I walked into this room with... 500 people in an audience and 30 children standing on a stage willing to speak and sing and perform in public where in the world that they live in day to day they don't open their mouth and the theme of that the theme of that gala that honored David Seiler was called I Could Be King and that got me and then I called him and I said come over here nice that's fantastic and it's such a like that's such a, a kind of personal and resonant kind of kind of subject to tackle because like and it, it's not so much that you know if they if someone has like a speech impediment or some, something that's keeping them or has gives them a pause about like being themselves and everything like that's a somewhat universal like kind of feeling like people have insecurities about everything and just being able to showcase like like people who overcome their perceived um, uh, insecurities and everything to actually be themselves is like a very powerful uh, subject to tackle and a pow- powerful statement to make their film. And that's great. I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, we have a we have a great opportunity as filmmakers and theater makers mm-hmm. to start educating people oh, through wow. entertainment. I am also guilty of not understanding the depth of the suffering and confrontation a person who stutters goes through. I did not understand that when I got involved. We in America use stuttering as a punchline. We grew up as kids watching cartoons that stutter. You know, films that are in the comedy reel will make fun of somebody who stutters. And we didn't under I didn't understand that mm-hmm. some of those children are actually thinking about suicide because yeah. they're afraid to talk. Oh yeah. And that's like that's one of the worst things is to not have a voice. Like that's that's just that's a horrible thing and like it's really commendable to cover that uh, in, in film. And uh, final question, have, have you guys been at Heartland before? or No. Is this your first time? No. I, my luggage is right over there. I just oh, got wow. here. <laughs> That's fantastic. How's the experience been? Um, the Me rushing in the rain? Yeah. It yeah. was great. My Uber great. driver's GPS disconnected, and so oh, no. I had to use my ways to get here, and it was all good. Oh, wow. <laughs> Heartland does a really wonderful job of taking care of filmmakers, so the hospitality, the Hoosier hospitality yeah. has been amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, thrilled to be here and excited to come back with the next film. 
That's fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me and for making the film, honestly. It sounds like a very powerful documentary that I'm really looking forward to checking out. Thanks. I think I think every young person knows what it's like to be made to feel less than at oh, some point. Absolutely. And I, I think this film speaks to how to deal with that, not just how to deal with stuttering or, or speech impediments in general. I think this is a film about loving yourself and loving the person you're listening to and really listening. Yeah. And that's a fantastic message and uh, really, really great. So thank you guys and thank you, have thank a you. great rest thank of the you. festival. Thanks. Well, I'm here with Simon Fink from Where We Disappear. Um, Would you mind telling me about the film and uh, your experience with Heartland so far? Sure. So the film is a story of survival and strength about a woman's first night in a Soviet prison camp. Oh, wow. With a little bit of a psychological twist to it. Okay. Uh, And uh, we're very excited to be having our Midwest premiere here. Uh, The film uh, is screening on Sunday and Thursday, Mm -hmm. and so that gives me time to really enjoy all the films beforehand. Oh, that's perfect. And uh, meet a bunch of filmmakers and whatnot. Nice. Uh, Is this your first time at Heartland? Yes, it is. Yes, I've I've had uh, several friends, both on the Indie Shorts Festival Mm -hmm. and the the main festival, who've just raved about it. And so uh, I'm excited to really... Had to check it out. (laughs) Yeah, check it out in person. Nice. And so uh, where we disappear, is that... Is, is it a narrative or documentary? A narrative. Narrative, narrative feature. Mm-hmm. And uh, how was the... Uh, and I'm sorry, what was your role with the film? Oh, a director, yes. Director, perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so what what attracted you to this project and, and like how did it come about? Sure. So I happened to be invited by a friend to see a local production of the play that it's based on. Oh, nice. It's been a play for about five years, an award-winning play. And so just went for fun. And by the end of it, I uh, turned to my friend and we both said like, this could make a really good film uh, with a story that felt we could do and really uh, it's it's a character driven story it's mm-hmm. driven by these five women uh, led by Georgina Haig and we just felt that we really had a shot at making something that would get people thinking, talking, and feel uh, feel some strong emotion. Wow. Well, that sounds amazing. And Thank I'm you. really excited that you're here at Heartland with yeah, your Midwest premiere, you Yes. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, well, um, I won't take up much more of your time. But uh, thank you so much for chatting with me. Yeah, and you. Uh, yeah, best of luck with the rest of the festival. Is, does, is there any other, are there any other festivals uh, on the horizon for it? There this? are. There are. Okay. We can't announce them yet. But Perfect. we're very excited to be here. Okay. Yeah. You have a website that people Yes, wherewedisappear.com or facebook.com slash wherewedisappear. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Simon. Thank you, uh, Looking forward to checking out the film and hope you have a great rest of the festival. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed those interviews. Um, To kind of round out the episode, uh, I did another red carpet photo call, is what they called it, um, event tonight at Newfields. Um, in the lead up to Marriage Story, uh, the special presentation screening of Marriage Story, which is going to be on Netflix in about a month or so. Um, it was a more laid back red carpet event and they had a few filmmakers from a few films that are screening here. The, there's a film called Catching Up, um, The Old Man in the Pond and, uh, Foster Boy. Uh, the filmmakers from those three films were there to kind of chat on the red carpet and do like photo ops and everything. Um, so I was fortunate enough to be able to, like, since it wasn't all the hustle and bustle of, of a full-on red carpet event, I was able to kind of take my time and chat with them in more detail. So that's why I'm kind of tagging these on at the end. Um, they're a little bit longer, and I hope you guys enjoy them and everything. Um, 
what I will say is tonight was a lot of fun. Uh, I have more press stuff coming up. Uh, Friday, I'm going to do a press junket, which I'm hoping will give me enough uh, recorded interviews. Um, judging from last year, it should. I get 10 minutes with each filmmaker, and they're going to have a bunch of filmmakers there. So it's going to be a packed episode. But that's going to make up episode two of this coverage. And I'm going to do a special featured review as well. Again, I'm not sure what that's going to be yet. Uh, yeah, but I'll get all that later. So here, here are the interviews, uh, that I conducted tonight at the Heartland photo call slash red carpet event, uh, tonight at Newfields. So enjoy. Do you want to grab this mic? Sure, I'd love to. Make sure we're not tangled up. All right. My name is Matt. I'm with ObsessiveViewer.com and ObsessiveViewer Podcast. We're a local outfit out of here in Indianapolis, and uh, we cover Heartland every year, just about. Um, so, yeah. So, why don't you introduce yourself and tell me about your film? Yeah. I'm Jason Mack, and I'm the writer, director, uh, and actor in The Old Man in the Pond. And I'm John Lurchin, the producer of The Old Man in the Pond. And this story is about a young man who is bleeding and on the run and ends up at this pond house where this old man lives. He holds him hostage, and they learn that maybe uh, maybe they're brought together for a reason. That's fantastic. It sounds amazing. And um, as I understand it, uh, you just finished it. It's having its premiere? Yeah, literally. We, we finished the film two weeks ago, and we had our world premiere just a few days ago okay. to a sold-out crowd here at Heartland. And it was it was pretty remarkable to see the response and to know that like this story that I've spent, I don't know how many hours in a dark room working on, that people like resonate with it. Very cool. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. And what was the kind of in, uh, inspiration for it, and how did how did the production go? Yeah, I mean, this story is really personal to me because it came from my father passed away unexpectedly about four years ago, and this this story was kind of born out of that very difficult time, but my reflections on fatherhood and what a father is to a son and what a son is to a father, and so this allowed me to kind of explore that, and, and I dedicated the film to him. Wow. So yeah, that's incredible, and it sounds like it's a film that's kind of right in keeping with what Heartland's all about. Um, how's the experience been working with Heartland, being at Heartland? How's how's it been? It's been wonderful. I mean, they're really accommodating. Like I said, like I don't think they love when you finish a movie two weeks before it screens, sure. but they they allowed that and they believed in the story, and I'm so grateful for that. And to like uh, props to the audience that they've cultivated here in the past, I guess, 28 years, and that they they are cinephiles. They love movies and they want to see movies and they want to be affected by them, and it's pretty special. Absolutely. And uh, speaking as one of the members of the audience here at Heartland, it's it's. It's really great to see passionate filmmakers showcase their work and everything, and it's it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, so where can people find your information online and everything? Yeah, so uh, literally, I'm Jason Mack is my Instagram and Twitter handle. So literally at I'm Jason Mack. Nice. And uh, at JC Lurchin. Nice. Well, great. Well, congratulations, guys, on the film and uh, the sold-out premiere as well. It's screening again? Yes, it's screening tomorrow, uh, October 17th, which is Thursday at 3.10 p.m. I think there's a few tickets left. Nice. So come join us. We're going to do a Q&A, and also our cinematographer is going to be in town. Perfect. So, That's yeah. fantastic. All right, great. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me. Thank you. Hope you have a great rest of the festival and a great festival run and uh, everything. Thanks so <laughs> much, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Hi, pleasure to meet you. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. If you guys want to take this microphone here, I can bug you with some 
questions. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you guys are here to promote Foster Boy. Why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us about the, your roles with the film and a little bit about the film itself? Yeah. I'm J. Paul Daritani, and I'm the producer and writer of Foster Boy. My name is Kurt Smith, and I am an associate producer and casting associate. Great. And what is Foster Boy about? Foster Boy is a film about two individuals who have to see each other first before they can conquer a system in which there's a corrupt, uh, where a young man was abused in a foster care system. It involves a young man named Jamal, who's about 19 or 20 years old, who finally decides to file a lawsuit because he had been switched from home to home uh, with a for-profit foster care company. And uh, the judge, who's Lou Gossett Jr., the famous Lou Gossett Jr., Mm -hmm. Academy Award winner, uh, decides that he needs a lawyer, and he appoints a corporate white lawyer, which is Matthew Modine, who does not want to initially take the case. And they don't like each other at first, Mm -hmm. but they have to come together. They have to see each other for who they are. They have to get over their racial barriers, both of them. And then they have to fight a very corrupt foster care system. Wow, that... there's so much there. Um, first of all, Lucas Jr. and Matthew Modine, like the two incredible actors. Um, yeah. What was it like having them on the set and having them in the film? Well, we were honored, first of all. And, and I have to say that uh, Kurt might want to speak to the casting part. Of, mm-hmm. Do you want to say something about casting? Um, sure. I mean, well, the, <laughs> another actor that you didn't mention was um, Shane Paul McGee. He plays yeah. the foster child. Um that we we wanted we really wanted to find somebody new a fresh face mm-hmm. and um we had about we did an open casting um call it was about a thousand submissions that we that we sifted through um did around 400 actual um um uh, auditions yes um and narrowed it down kept narrowing it down doing callbacks and finally we landed on Shane Paul McGee and um I think we're really lucky to have him now. Um, we're excited for uh, his career to take off, and um, he's been killing it lately. So, that's fantastic. Yeah, but um, you want to talk about Matthew and oh, Lou? Sure. In talking, uh, your question was how were Matthew and uh, Lou on set and working with them? They are. Well, first of all, Lou truly isn't a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He writes a book called. Uh, an actor and a gentleman, yeah. kind of <laughs> after his uh, old movie, Officer and a Gentleman. <laughs> Lou is a professional every step of the way. Both of them really took pay cuts because they thought the cause was so important. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Matthew was a gem on the set and still continues to work with me. Um, he would be here if, if he didn't have an, his next project. He's sure. always working. And he is, uh, he's been truly wonderful he's very passionate about the cause and about foster kids and he he told me he didn't realize how many kids were abusing the foster care system yeah and it's it's such an important issue it's such an important subject matter like how did you come about like like tackling this subject and and what what do you hope to achieve with it in terms of the finished product well the reason this came i've always liked writing and i started my college years with uh with in writing and acting but then you know it's it's you, you decide to do something more practical so i went to law school instead like <laughs> yeah and when i went to law school i didn't forget that i liked writing but it took many years and you know i finally had to have some free time i wound up writing a couple plays and it, they did pretty well and i went back to school for my mfa mm-hmm. my later years and then uh decided to 
write what I know mm-hmm. based upon a professor saying, write what you know. Yep. And the cases I worked on, uh, especially the foster care cases, which I continue to work on. Nice. In fact, I have a trial in another month in Ohio. Wow. I try these cases all over the country. Mm-hmm. And our firm, um, we, this is my firm, Derrick Haney Firm, mm-hmm. we have uh, continued to battle it. And I wanted to, to get the word out. I wanted to make a difference in the foster care world. It, it, oh, yeah. To me, it seems incredible that we have a foster care system where companies make a profit on it. Yeah, that is that is heartbreaking. That is, it is. purely heartbreaking. Children aren't children shouldn't be products. It, exactly. Well, it it, oh, it yeah. changes the motivation of the the organization mm-hmm. from um, providing care and, and service to, um, to to monetary gains. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just uh, I I've heard horror stories about just foster families just like. Taking on another another kid strictly for the profit of it, and it That's gives shocking. them more months or more money. And it's just and, and well, and I want to speak to that because sure. most foster parents are good people. Yeah, and it's it's it, it, the system is does, obviously they have to be reimbursed if I suppose you know they're taking on this, and it, it's tough. Yeah, but it's the companies, the corporations. Mm-hmm. Some of them were getting contracts with the state where they'd make so much money per child so three or five thousand dollars per placement mm-hmm. they would make more money if the placement failed because if the placement fails they place them in another home mm-hmm. and it fails again and again and then they're working for a check yep yeah and uh it's it's really heartbreaking of course like there's abuse that happens as well and that's something that's just tragic and you horrific. got it yeah um so yeah so that I commend you for all your work uh, to kind of bring that to the forefront and in the courtroom and on film. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, So where is, uh, do you know offhand, like when it's screening, when Foster Boy's screening here at Heartland? It's a screening tonight in about an hour. At uh, which theater is it? The Traders Point AMC um, Theater 9, I believe, at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, Perfect. so come on over there. That, that'll that be fun. And then it's uh, screening a few more days from now, I think. Uh, well, it already screened once. Oh, ah. screened at the 10th, <laughs> gotcha. I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to yeah. hear the audience reaction. And yeah. we've already won six awards from other film festivals. Congratulations. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. an exciting time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and more importantly, we continue to get the word out. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, and it's something. Do, are there any other film festivals on the horizon that you guys have booked? Or um, we just got back from five of them, but we have one more called the Cinesol. Yeah, right? um, in late November, um, we I think the twenty third and twenty fourth small film festival Cinesol okay. down in like the very small southern sure. tip of of Texas, basically right on the border. Nice. Um, so I'm sure they experience um a need for for foster care agencies mm-hmm. in that area yeah um so so yeah we really just want to get the word out and hopefully change um eventually uh, ideally change legislation mm-hmm. um to, to where all states have have uh, a law that says no no for-profit foster care yeah. no for-profit foster care each child should be assigned an attorney Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes you go into a courtroom and everybody else is assigned a lawyer. I'm the type of lawyer who represents a foster kid after he's been injured. Mm. Uh, and I would like that to change so that we prevent children from being injured. Yeah, absolutely. That would be the most important it, thing. 
And that sounds like that is obviously a very admirable uh, goal to, to have and everything. And I, again, commend you guys for the work you do and can't wait to see the film myself. I hope you do. Yeah. And is the, do you have like a website or social media? Yeah, we're at fosterboy.com, right? Yeah. And, um, and then hashtag fosterboy. Right. Well, also a hashtag uh, fix foster care. Yeah, hashtag um, fix, there's, fix foster There's some links on there you can um, g- uh, dig deeper into into what we're trying to do. Um, and um, there should be a link where you can put in your zip code, and it'll send you to your state reps to oh, nice. let them know um, that you care about this issue. And, and, and if it is, if you live in a state where... Um, they have for-profit foster care, you can hopefully make a difference by saying you don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we even have a button so that if you want to be connected with an organization that so that you can become a foster parent. Because mm-hmm. there, there's plenty of wonderful foster parents mm-hmm. out there that do wonderful work, and, oh, yeah. and we need more of them. We have 480,000 kids. And, you know, 480,000 kids in foster care, mm-hmm. and so many of them are teenagers, yeah. and they age out at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, they would love a home even if they're 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. And they'd be so appreciative yeah. of having a, a place that they call a permanent home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, one thing that is pretty sad is that in many states, when a child turns 17 or 18, they age out, and they're given, in Illinois, they used to be given a uh, bus card. And two hundred and fifty dollars, and there are things in a bag, Ugh. even a plastic garbage bag. Yeah. And what does that wow. tell a child? Yeah. So I think I think that's changed now. At least mm-hmm. we're we're trying to get where the kids have a nice you know sack or something to, oh, yeah, to yeah, a yeah. suitcase where they're backpack, taking their yeah. things yeah. And, and a backpack and and a transition home mm-hmm. and uh, some leads on jobs and you know there's so many services that could be provided to these oh, kids. Yeah. And to do that is to prevent. Right now, 40% of the children who age out of foster care mm-hmm. it, within three years wind up dead, homeless, or in jail. Yep. We could do better. Oh, absolutely. Abs- absolutely. Um, well, the film sounds incredible. And thank you again for making it and for bringing it to Heartland and uh, presenting it to, to the world. And wish you guys the best of luck and hope you guys have a great rest of the festival. Well, thank you. And stations and news like you guys are, help bring out the word, too. Oh, thank you. I do what I can. <laughs> thank you. Take care, guys. Go to fosterboy.com. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Okay, so hi, my name is Matt. I'm from ObsessiveViewer.com. We're a local blog and podcast and all that. Um, so you guys are here for Catching Up. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us about the film. Uh, so I am Patrick Morris. I am co-writer, producer. Uh, I have a bit of a cameo in the film. Um, and you are? Uh, yes, I am Bill Crossland. I'm a producer. Uh, I directed the film. I also have a leading part in it. And uh, yeah, me and Patrick wrote it together. Nice. And so what's the film about? Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of an 80s-style uh, dramedy um, about a romantically inexperienced man with muscular dystrophy mm-hmm. who uh, falls in love with an able-bodied woman. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, what drew you to the project? Like, what was the inspiration? And, like, how was the production in general? Well, I mean, yeah, we, uh, we've been working on this for a while, you know, coming back to it, uh, writing together. So, I mean, pretty much since college. Uh, when we started uh, being writing partners. So uh, we developed it for a long time. Um, finally, 
you know, got a, an executive producer on board who wanted to help us push it across the, fin- across the finish line. And, uh, you know, we, f- we shot it last summer. Uh, took a while to do post to get it where we wanted it to be. And sure. now we're here. This is our first festival at Heartland oh, with, nice. with the film. So it's been a cool experience so far. Very cool. Yeah, I've, I've been telling people at the Q&As that um, he had written several drafts of the script um, long before he brought me on board to help shape it into uh, closer into what it's today. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, about 10 to 15% of it is based on you know his own personal experiences, but a lot of it is you know creative creative decisions that were made by him and, and, and myself. So, Very cool. And so it's a dramedy, and... When, in terms of like bringing like a comedic uh, voice to it, like what would you say would be like your biggest influences in terms of just the world of comedy and, and even drama in, in general? Yeah, I mean, I had a few specific kind of references for the style of this going into it that we talked about. Um, definitely, like I said, 80s movies like John Hughes movies, nice. coming-of-age stories uh, with those strong characters. I'm also a big fan of Ed Burns movies like relationship comedies with a lot of witty banter. That kind of stuff. So we have a lot of fast-paced dialogue, kind of old-school screwball stuff at times. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, so how's the experience been with Heartland? Uh, you said that you've done some Q&As. Has it, has it screened? How's it, how's it been here at Heartland? Yeah, we premiered uh, two days ago, um, and then apparently we generated some pretty positive buzz. Um, cool. Our audience, like, doubled in size by the time we had our second screening earlier today. That's fantastic. Um, but we've gotten a, a lot of positive responses, and it's it's been pretty exciting to hear um, when people come up to us after the Q&As and <laughs> tell us how much they enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, we, we've been enjoying the, the pretty laid-back atmosphere here at Heartland. Um, it's pretty different from... We, we took our short to Sundance a few years ago, oh, so yeah. so it was kind of like night and day in terms of the energy and... The intensity and, level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's high intensity over I there. I can imagine. Yeah. So it's yeah. been nice and kind of relaxing here and nice. very hospitable mm-hmm. and... Uh, Thank God we didn't totally bomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it sounds incredible. Like that's a type of movie that I'm all about. Like kind of a kind of a coming of age drama comedy kind of kind right. of thing is, like you said, uh, it harkens back to like 80s John Hughes movies. It's like, yep, that's my childhood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I'm very excited to check it out. Is it screening anymore at Heartland? Or sadly, it's not screening here again. Okay. But uh, you know, hopefully, we'll be around for a while. Yeah. 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 We um, actually screen next. Monday, Tuesday, and New Orleans, the New Orleans uh, Film Festival. Yeah, so uh, that's our next stop. Nice. All right. Well, do you guys have social media handles or websites that you want to throw out? I can. Yeah, uh, we have a Twitter page for the film. It's at Catching Up Movie. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're also on Facebook. You can find us by searching Catching Up. I think it's Catching Up a Movie. Um, and yeah, those are the two spots where you can follow the progress, and we'll be posting stuff on there about our festival journey. Perfect. As it were. Perfect. Well, congratulations on the film and congratulations on the success, the successful screenings and everything. Um, hope you guys have a great rest of the festival and rest of the festival run for the film. And can't wait to, to see it. <laughs> thank you so much. Appreciate Thanks. Yeah, Thanks thank a lot. You. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Well, that does it for this first installment of our coverage, uh, our podcast coverage of Heartland Film Festival 2019, the 28th Heartland Film Festival here in Indianapolis. Um, hope you guys enjoyed these recordings, and I really hope you guys, you know, seek out these movies and seek out these filmmakers and kind of follow their journey and everything because independent film is really incredible. Like, it's just, it's, I, I love it so much, and I love chatting with these people and, and, uh, you know, getting to hear their passion and everything. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this and you guys check it out, check out their, their work and everything. 
Um, so, uh, my plans for the rest of the festival. So I have a press junket that I'm doing Friday, which I think I just talked about. Um, but, um, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have a lot of content that I'm going to have for the second episode of this thing. If you guys hear a noise in the background, my cat is playing with her toy. It's very loud. Um, yeah. So basically I kind of want to end this episode by just giving you a rundown of, of what's to come on the podcast as far as Heartland is concerned and where you can find more of our extensive coverage, extensive-ish coverage of, of Heartland. So first of all, the plan that I have for these four Heartland Film Festival episodes of the podcast are as follows. So you just heard the episode one, a uh, lot of fun, I hope. Uh, just red carpet interviews and a whelm, uh, review. Uh, the next episode is going to be my press junket interviews that are going to happen on Friday. And then I am also going to do another featured review. I'm not sure what I'm going to review yet, but, uh, I've seen a lot of movies that I really like. So it's going to be a really fun, uh, a really fun review to do. Uh, you can guys, you guys can expect that episode to be posted hopefully Saturday morning. So it's a quick turnaround. Um, we'll see. Fingers crossed and everything. But that's not the end of the coverage for Heartland. So I'm planning two more episodes after that. Um, I'm thinking that it, it may, those may be the only, um, filmmaker interview episodes I do. But what I want to do is the next two installments. So I'm planning four episodes, as I said. Episode three will hopefully be a featured review of, of another movie at Heartland. And then also just a rundown of basically everything that I've watched at Heartland. All the official selections and, and, uh, and, and all the movies that are screening, all the finalists and everything that I saw. Cause I'm, I'm really fortunate in that I've got screeners as, in addition to press pass that I can get access to, to movies. So, That'll be a more expansive uh, breakdown of the movies watched and everything. I might have Tiny on there or, or something, but it may just be me. But you can expect that next week um, after the festival concludes. And then I'm going to have one more episode, bringing the total to four for those who are keeping count or, or have listened to me say there are going to be four episodes like all night. Um, that fourth episode is going to be a featured review of probably the, of the closing night film, I'm sure, Just Mercy. Um, and then I'm going to basically break down all of the special presentation films that I saw. Um, I'm hoping to have seen five by the end of the festival, including Just Mercy. So look out for that. Um, yeah, uh, this is a very exciting time. It's my favorite time of year. Um, even though we're not doing Sharktober and Irvington this year, it's still my favorite time of year because it's the heartland and it's, it's, I, I love this for what it does to the city and how it makes me feel about being just a film fan and, uh, getting the chance to talk to so many creative people and interesting people, um, who are very passionate about their work. So stay tuned for that. And now before I let you go, I just want to give you guys a breakdown of where you can find more of our coverage. So it's not, it's not just podcasts this year, which is exciting. Um, I'm actually writing reviews on the website, obsessiveviewer.com. Um, and Ben, our, uh, free, uh, uh, previous guest on the podcast, future guest on the podcast and contributor to the, to the website. He is also writing reviews, which you can find on obsessiveviewer.com. <clears throat> there's a contributors tab. Actually, there's a tab that's film festival coverage, 
Heartland Film Festival, and then you can go to HIF 2019, and that'll give you all of the all of the posts related to this year's uh, Heartland Film Festival, so you can kind of sift through it. In addition to that, you can go to my Twitter account, at Obsessive Viewer, and you'll find a threaded tweet uh, of all of the... Uh, each each piece of coverage that we post gets its own individual tweet in the thread, so you can kind of sift through that if you don't want to go onto the actual website. Um find that at obsessive viewer in addition to all of that um i am also doing capsule reviews on letterboxd of everything that i see so go to letterboxd.com go to my profile obsessive viewer and if you go to my lists you'll see uh movies watched at hif 2019 or heartland film festival 2019 whatever it's titled what you'll see there is a breakdown of all the movies that i watch at heartland and each uh thing will have a link to my full review on the website and if you read my actual check-in on my diary you'll see a capsule review of kind of an immediate reaction and speaking of immediate reactions uh my cat is really really playing with that toy um speaking of immediate reactions i am doing vlogs for patreon supporters so if you pledge five dollars or more you get access to all of the videos that i've recorded in my mom's car my car my apartment um, in anywhere. <laughs> so you get access to that, me rambling on about my experience at Heartland each day. And then also if you pledge that much and if you pledge it, you also get access to our immediate, uh, video reviews of movies that we see in the theater. We have a, we have a sizable amount of movies there. Brittany runs a marathon, Joker, um, uh, oh, movies that I'm forgetting because I'm sleep deprived because I've been covering this film festival all week. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So do that. If you just want to donate or pledge a dollar, you get access to a special RSS feed that gives you access to, uh, Patreon exclusive content, um, and everything. You guys know that spiel. So anyway, um, but yeah, if you pay, if, if you subscribe or support us at $5 or more, you get access to the videos as well as the RSS feed for the special Patreon stuff, just us bullshitting and everything back and forth. So that'll do it for this first installment. Um, I am ready to get this released, man. I'm excited. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed this and we'll have more from Heartland in the coming days. Uh, thank you guys for supporting us and Thank you for listening and let Heartland know that you're listening to this. Like tweet at them and say, Oh, hey, you know, obsessive viewer did a great job. Uh, that'd be really nice. <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. Um, they're at Heartland. Yeah. Follow Heartland, by the way, at Heartland Film on Twitter and, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and all that. Uh, use the hashtag HIF20, uh, HIF28 and, you know, hashtag OV at Heartland or something. I don't know. Um, you don't have to tweet at them, but if you do, I would really appreciate it. So anyway, that'll do it for this episode. I'm running on fumes. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time. And now, in lieu of a special clip from the Patreon-exclusive RSS feed, I'm actually going to play an audio clip from one of my vlogs that I'm recording throughout Heartland Film Festival, which can be found at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. If you pledge $5 or more, you get access to the full vlogs and videos of immediate reactions to movies that we've watched in the theater. Um, so yeah, so check that out at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Uh, thank you and enjoy. But he has this kind of measured 
um, tone to him that is, it's not necessarily an emulation of Fred Rogers, but it is pretty close to it. Like he's got that cadence and that tone and that, the, uh, the texture, uh, and the, and the, I don't know, texture of it, uh, compassion. That's what I'm looking for. Um, he's got the compassion of Fred Rogers down pat in the movie. And Matthew Rice does a great job as well. He's a guy that's kind of a cynic who, uh, the obsessive viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to obsessiveviewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike white. That's me at R a Fekus and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at TheSecularPerspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty!